that at that name every knee must bow. So we speak right now to the, to the name of sickness and we command it to bow to the name of Jesus. We speak right now to the name of poverty and we command it to bow to the name of Jesus. We speak right now to the, to the name of fear in all forms and facets and we command it to bow to the name of Jesus. We, we glory to God. We speak right now to the name of division in the body of Christ and we command the name of division to bow to the name of Jesus. Glory to God. We declare and decree that in 2021, that the body of Christ shall rise and shall be the influence that we've been called to be. We will be the salt of the earth. We will be the light of the world. Glory to God. And the gospel shall go forth and it shall go forth in this city. It shall go forth in this state. It shall go forth across this, this uh, United States of America. And it shall go forth throughout this world because the King, glory to God, the King himself, King Jesus, is getting ready to return. And before he returns, there shall be a great and mighty harvest. Glory be to God. And until that harvest comes, glory to God, we believe that he is, he's waiting, glory to God, he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth to receive the early and the latter rain, glory to God. So I believe we're in the latter rain, glory to God. We're getting wet, glory to God, the, the rain is starting. Hallelujah. The mist has begun to flow and the rain is coming and is moving in. It's moving in harder and more and more and it'll get stronger. And glory to God, we step out in it and we're not afraid to get wet. Glory to God. <laughs> we're not afraid of what we look like. We're not afraid of what others may say. Oh, we, we boldly, we boldly take that mantle. Oh, we take that mantle and we take up the cross. Glory to God. And we go forth boldly to proclaim and to speak the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and when we speak the word and we preach and proclaim the word and signs shall follow. They'll follow in the marketplace. They'll follow at the grocery store. They'll follow our children at school. They'll follow uh, everywhere that the sole of our foot treads. When we believe who we are in Christ, signs, wonders, and miracles will manifest in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're not drawing back. Glory to God. We're not going into a cave. We're not Hallelujah. retreating, but we're moving ahead full force. Glory Hallelujah. to God. And we're doing it in the power and in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because again, as we've spoken and said, that name is a name that's above every name. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And we've already been given the victory through that name. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, you can be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Hallelujah. I believe that the Holy Spirit gave us appetizers today. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes a meal is good, but uh, sometimes you get a little appetizer on top and it's even better. We went to, uh, where was we at last night? Longhorn. And they had some kind of new appetizer called uh, Surf and Turf. Whoo, I tell you, man, make your tongue want to slap your tonsils. <laughs> like the father said one time, you know, that's, that's food so good. He said to make you want to slap your mama. And uh, he went to Cracker Barrel and Sat down to eat and the waitress come out and said, uh, well, how's the meal? Is it good? You know, he got some biscuits and gravy. He said, I always want to go to Cracker Barrel to get biscuits and gravy. So he had heard how good it was. So he took his first bite and uh, the waitress said, well, how good is, it, you know, is your meal, sir? And he said, he looked over at his mama. He said, mama, he said, you better go get in the car. <laughs> you better go wait in the car. So, uh, you know, that's not a good practice to slap your mama. Uh, that, that wouldn't go over too good in my household and uh, I don't believe it would in yours, but uh, amen. So the word's good. We got that. I was talking about that appetizer. We got that appetizer and, uh, and it wasn't long. The man, they was dipping and it was some kind of uh, crab meat mixed in with uh, shrimp and cheese. 
lump crab meat, that's what it was, and shrimp and cheese, man, it was in that big bowl and had pita chips with it, man, it, it was good. Just set the kind of precedent for, for the rest of the meal that we got. We had a good old steak. Amen. Amen. And good fellowship. So I believe the Lord gave us an appetizer for the word that we're going to receive today. Um, it is time to rise. We're not in retreat. Amen. We're not on the, the defense. We're on the offense. You know, sometimes you get in defensive mode and, uh, and you kind of get stuck there. But we're not to be always in a defensive mode. We're to be in the offensive mode. We're to take ground. Amen. It's already finished. It's already done. It's already completed in Christ Jesus. But as a believer, as a, as a Christian, as a child, we have to take ground. We talked about this in the offering. You know, we have to put pressure on the anointing that's on inside of us. We have to put pressure on the gift that's in us. If that gift is never developed, it could stay dormant on the inside of us forever until we go to heaven. And that's not the will of God. He said before he knew us, when we were still in the mother's womb, that he put a plan and a purpose there. Amen. So each child, each believer, each person is created with a plan and a purpose that only he, can, he or she can fulfill. That's what's so amazing about our thumbprint. There's not another thumbprint like this in the entire world. That meant God had to stop and think about me when he created me. Amen. Same thing for you. So, you know, sometimes we allow the enemy to tell us that we're not, you know, we're unworthy. We're, we're, you know, we're not really worth much. We won't really do much. You know, it's too late. We've gone too far in life. We've reached a place where, why, you know, we... Question, well, you know, how, why did it turn out like this? Man, I thought I'd be over here or there or whatever. But you know, it's never too late in Christ. Amen. Do you know he never changes his mind? Do you know the gifts and callings of God are without repentance? Amen. He don't take them away. He don't pull your card. He don't say, well, you know, they messed up too much now. You know, I thought I could, you know, I thought I, I could count them to do that, but it's too late. No, he doesn't pull those gifts and callings. He never changes his mind. Amen. But see, but there's a part that we have to play. There's a belief and faith that we have to have in who we are in him and what he's made us in Christ Jesus. Amen. And we're going to look at some of that today. Amen. Amen. Um, because it's vitally important. The world that we live in today is, is, is in a mess. Amen. I mean, that's, that's the only way you can, you can say it. It's in a mess, right? Amen. But the good, you know, in the book of Acts, um, you know, we think everything was just kind of all put together. But you go back in the book of Acts when the church was first started, uh, after the day of Pentecost, it said they went everywhere. And what they do? They turned the world upside down. Amen. Well, we may look at it and think, well, the world's already upside down. We need to turn it right side up. <laughs> See, but the world was in a mess then. Amen. But, but suddenly, glory to God, like a rushing mighty wind, the Holy Spirit came into the room. Yeah. Well, today, the Holy Spirit lives on inside of us. Yeah. But see, the, we need to believe and expect suddenlies in our life. That when we go into a place that suddenly the Holy, Holy Spirit will manifest. Amen. Suddenly he'll manifest in our finances. Suddenly he'll manifest in our bodies. Amen. So he's not waiting to do something. He's already done it through Christ Jesus. But he's waiting on our faith to believe him. He's waiting on our mouth to speak and to declare and decree. If Jesus is our example, and he is, Jesus spoke to the fig tree. Amen. So we're to, our faith is supposed to speak to our mountain. Our mountain needs to hear our voice speak to it. Amen. So I want to open today with, uh, in the book of Matthew, let's go to Matthew chapter 5 real quick. We don't uh, have scriptures on the wall today, so we're going to do the old, uh, like they said in children's church, you had the old sword drills where you see how fast you could turn, who can get there first. Well, if you make it first, you don't have to jump up and shout, I got it, you know. <laughs> we'll get you a door prize or a quiet seat prize. If, if you get there first, amen. But we're going to look at several scriptures. 
We're going to have us a Bible lesson today. Amen. Good old fashioned study of the word. How many of you know the words never change? And it's the same yesterday, today and forever. And I need to get to Matthew. I'm looking at Mark and it's not the one on the reads. It's a bit, be a different place in Mark. It's, it's over there, but it's a different chapter. But I want to look at Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter five. This is not really the title of my message, but, you know, I could ask you this today is who is your daddy? <laughs> That's not the title of my I, mean, I guess you could title it that. But you know what I, what I want us to think about today and, and focus on, we, I ministered, uh, been a couple months ago now, and I talked a little bit about this, about the nature and the character of God. Who is God? Who is he really to us, in us, and through us? But we need to really ask ourselves that question. Who is our father? Who is God? Not only who is he as God, but who is God in us? Amen. Because, you know, if we really believe that and understand it, it's going to change the way we conduct life. It's going to change the way that we live. But the, but the key to that is, is how do we see that? And we're going to read that on down. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we're going to read that on down in a little while. Look at that. Uh, is how do we really believe that and see that? Because, you know, if you believe, how many of you ever been out before going to buy something? This is a good example. The Holy Spirit just brought this to my remembrance. Let's just say you're going out to buy furniture. We did this one time, not too long ago. We bought some furniture for our uh, warehouse office and things in the office. We already had the money in hand. You know, we weren't worried about, we're going to get approved for the credit, the 90 days, same as cash. We had the money in hand, so we were going to buy something, and we already had the money. Maybe you've been going to, uh, went to buy a car before, and you already had the money to buy the car in hand or in the bank. So when you go to buy, you got a little more confidence, right? You got some confidence maybe to to deal, wheel and deal a little bit because you got the cash. But a lot of times these days people say, well, that don't really work anymore. Uh, you know, the cash, we've got incentives to finance. And if you finance, we'll get more money and incentives from the finance company or the bank than if you pay cash. But, you know, still it, may, it gives you confidence. Right. So we went looking for this furniture and I just walked in with, I wasn't cocky or anything, I'm not saying that, but I just went in with confidence knowing that we don't, you know, we know we've got the money to buy it. We just got to find what we're looking for, right? Because yeah, right. we had the goods that already on us, yeah. already belonged to us. We're not walking in, and I've been the other way. I remember one time we went to a wedding in Florida, and, and man, we got down there, and, and, and the tire blew out, and something happened, and we didn't even need to be going to Florida. We didn't go on a, on a, on a vacation. We went to a wedding that they asked us to go to Amen. on our dime. So we had to pay to get there. We didn't have the money to even, to, we didn't even have the money to get to Florida, but we went. So we get down there, and the tire blows out. We get into the, the, to the hotel. We go in to check in. I swipe my visa. And the visa was declined. And I'm thinking, man, what do we do? We're down here in Florida, tire blew out, visa declined at the hotel, go to the, to the ATM, and, and there's not any money in the ATM. Man, we, 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 we're taking credit cards like a, a deck of cards trying to figure out which one can we get to use to get in. Now, that's a bad place to be. And thank God we're not there. But I've been there, and I've been the other place, and see, the other place is a lot more confidence. See? So we went in and bought what we wanted and we had confidence to buy it. So this is it. We want it. And they said, well, what do you want to finance? And I said, I want one payment and we're going to write the check today to pay for it. And we wrote the check and pay for it. And they delivered it when it finally came in. It took a little while, but it finally came in. They delivered it. But see, as a believer in Christ Jesus, we've got the goods already. Amen. You see what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm going at here? We, we, in Christ Jesus, who we are in the new man, we're not who we used to be. Amen. We've been born again. We've been bought with a price. The old man's been destroyed. Jesus himself came to live on inside of us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So who we are 
and identity in him, we have the goods. We have everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness and for the calling that he's called us to do. We already have it. So see, what I'm saying is when we believe that and we understand that and we have a revelation of that to see that what that does is that give us it gives us confidence to walk that out. So when the enemy comes to try to discourage you and say, you don't have what it takes, you've gone too far, you've messed up too many times, or you, you, know, you, just, you just don't have the equipment. And he'll tell you that. He's told me that. There's some things he spoke to my heart that he wants me to do. Concerning some little highlights and glimpses of things that, in, in business realm and ministry realm and, and, and kingdom realms. And I was like, Lord, I just don't, I, I don't know about that. You know, it's kind of intimidating, but it's intimidating to the flesh. But see, are we going to identify with the flesh or do we identify with who we are in him? Because see, we're hidden in Christ. We've been laminated together with him. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, I believe it says that he that is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit. Amen. See, so if we really believe that, the devil can't tell where we end and God begins. But the way he can tell is when we speak fear and we speak doubt and we allow those things to get on us and we start acting out our fears and acting out uh, inabilities and the, the, the inadequacies and we don't think we have what it takes. Amen. But see, when we, when we have a revelation, do you hear me? Amen. Revealed knowledge of who we really are in Christ and who our Father really is, then who we are in Him, then we have a confidence level that goes to, to a new place. Amen. And we'll walk different. We'll talk different. We'll, we'll approach challenges different. We'll, we'll, when He calls us to do something and tells us, hey, I want you to do this in 2021, instead of backing down and saying, well, I, don't, I just don't know then we'll take a step of faith and say, we'll move toward that. And see what that does is that puts pressure on the anointing and it puts pressure on the gifts and callings and the things that are inside of you that you didn't even know were there that are dormant will begin to come to the, to the top, to the forefront. Amen. It's like the old, uh, you know, I remember my grandmother cooking and then she would cook things down. You know, she cooked the beans and they'd call them cooking it down. They'd cook them down, the, the, the collard greens, they'd cook them, cook them down. They wouldn't just throw them in the boiler and you know, and, and just, well, we're going to heat them up. And man, that'd be some bad greens. I mean, you know, you they like going out in the, grass, in the yard, just pulling up grass, chewing it. But they would cook it down, see. And I remember, uh, what is it, the, uh, when they talk about the cream rising to the top, not in collard greens, but they cook other things, whatever, and you got it, and the, and the cream will rise and will come to the top, see. And, and, and with us, when we allow those things inside of us, we, we simmer those things, we meditate on those things. We think about them, we ponder them, we, we speak them. See, what happens is they begin to rise to the top and then we'll begin to act on this. I'm telling you what, there's things in each and every one of you here today and those that are watching uh, by video when this is uh, published on Facebook, those that are watching, there's things on the inside of you and in us that we have no idea that are there. There's things that God's going to use you to do in these last days if, see, this is the key to it, if, you'll put pressure on the gifts and callings that are on the side of you. If, when I say that, what I'm talking about is by faith, you'll step out to do something that you don't think you can do. Amen. Amen. Now, this is not just for our benefit, but the world's counting on us. God himself is counting on us. When Jesus left his disciples here and the disciples were afraid and they were sad, and they said, why, you know, what are we to do? Why are you leaving us? We, you know, we, you're going to leave us here and we want you to stay. And he said, no, you don't understand. He said, if I go, there's another one coming. That he's a comforter. He's a greater one. He'll live on the inside of you. He won't just walk with you and talk with you, but he'll live in you. Glory to God. Amen. He'll take up his residence on the inside of you. You'll be the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that's what we are today. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So God believed in us so much to carry out his plans and purposes in this earth 
that he not only sent Jesus to die for us, but he sent the Holy Spirit to live in us and take up residence in our mortal flesh. Amen. That's how much he loves us and believes in us. He called us to finish his work. Jesus even told us, he said, look, he said, greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my Father. He said, the same works and greater works shall you do. Well, that means that he believes in us. He would never tell us to do that if he didn't believe in us and give us the tools to carry it out. Amen. Amen. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Let's read that one. we got a couple verses here. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, savor wherewith shall it be salted? It is uh, thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out, to be trodden under the foot of men. Then verse 14 says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light unto all that are in their house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. See, that's what he's called us to be. We're called to be the salt of the earth. We're called to be the light of the world. That's who we are. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus lives on the side of us, so we're the light of the world. But you see, it points out here that no man has ever lit a candle before. You know, sometimes our power will go out, we'll light candles and put them in the house, but we don't light a candle and put it under something and hide it. We put it up so that it'll light the house and bring illumination to the, to the home so that everybody can see, right? Well, we're called to be the light of the world. And we're called to be out where people can see. We're called to be in, in public places. We're called to make an influence on the world. Amen. In the financial realm, in the business realm, in different realms that, 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 that we're involved in, we're called to be an influence to that place. We're not called to be salt that's lost its savor and, and just tossed out. What good is it if it's not salty? You know, what good is a Christian if we're not salty? Amen. Amen. What good are we if, we're, if, we, if we don't influence others for Christ? Amen. And see, the reason we don't do that a lot of times, the reason we don't speak out, the reason that we don't uh, get out of our comfort zone is because we don't really believe, we don't really have a confidence in, in who we really are in him. And, 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 and included in that, we're going to look at that today, but included in that is the love that he has for us. See, he has an immense, tremendous, passionate love for us. We can't even comprehend it mentally. That's the reason it has to be revealed to us. It's got to be revealed by the Holy Spirit how much he really loves and cares for us. And when we see that and begin to have a revelation of that, then it'll bring a boldness, glory to God. It'll bring a confidence that we didn't have before. We all had people at school, you know, that would talk about us maybe and, and mock us or, or pick at us, say, oh, you know, you're this or that, and they call us a name. And I had some nicknames coming up that I didn't like. Some people are picked on more than others. Some people are bullied more than others in school. And therefore, a lot of times they don't talk out or they don't speak out. And, and the things that are in them are hidden because of what other people say. Well, see, those things carry over into life. They carry over after school. And a lot of those lies that, that the enemy told us back then, they carry over into our adult life and we, and we play those things over and we play those things over. Said, you know, I don't really speak well in front of people. You know, I don't really have the confidence to, to, to start that business or I don't really have what it takes to, to, to do this or that or my family ne never really did much in, in, in the business realm or in the realm of ministry. You know, I've missed it here and missed it there and, you know, I, and I just don't know if, you know, God can use me. And I know we've, we've got the core group that's here today and a lot of you say, well, you know, but I'm telling you, if he's, if he's tempted me to think those things, I know he's tempted you to think that. 
<clears throat> Amen. So we've got to push beyond that. Why? Because we're the light of the world and we're the salt of the earth because this world is a, is a dark place right now, right? And we're called to be the influence. We're called to influence others, see? So we, we, we have to know who God is, who our Father is. We have to know who we are in Him. And the world, see, the world jokes about it. You know, you hear the world a lot of times talk and they just, they just want to joke about it. They say, well, you know, that's, they joke about somebody being the baby daddy and the baby mama and, and this and that. And it's like, you know, and, and almost to the world, it's like, it, it's almost a joke of who their family is. It's like the family unit has been so broken and so destroyed and so put to the place where it's not even important anymore to where that carries over to other parts of our life. But see, as who we are in Christ as a believer, we know who our father is. Amen. And it's not a joke about that. See, we have an inheritance. We have a heritage. Amen. Amen. And, but, but see, we're to, we're, to, we're to be an influence of what we have been made and become, and we're to influence the world around us to the ones that don't know that. And it's become a joke to them. And it's, it's really what it is. It's an identity crisis. And the reason the world is in such a mess in a lot of places is because of that is because of the identity crisis. They don't know. They don't have a foundation of who they are and where they've come from. They don't have anything to identify with. So they just reach out for anything. Right. I, I saw a couple uh, on, the, on uh, the Internet not too long ago on social media. And they were saying it's a very well-known couple. They're movie stars. And they had a baby and they said, well, what is it? Well, they were having a baby. It hadn't been delivered yet. And the headline of the article was, well, what, what are you having? Do you know yet, you know, it was time to, for the, the gender, you know, they have all these gender reveal parties now. So they said, what, what is your baby? You know, what are you having? And they said, well, we hadn't really decided yet, you know, what we really want. So what we're going to do, we're just going to go ahead and have the baby. And then once the baby's born, when he gets, he or she, whatever gets around 16, then we'll let them make the decision. You know, I thought, man, what in the, what in the world did I just read? They're going to allow a child to decide what they're going to be, male or female, when they reach 16 years old. Well, see, that's just, uh, you know, that's just a lie from the pit of hell. So they, what they do is they, they have an identity crisis. The world has an identity crisis. Even the body of Christ may be born again, but the body of Christ has an identity crisis. Amen. They come to church defeated. They leave defeated. They go to work defeated. And they come home defeated. Why? Not because of the fact that Christ hasn't done anything. He has. He's seated today. Amen. And spiritually and legally, the scripture tells us in Ephesians, we're seated together, what? With him, where? Far above all principalities, power, might, dominion. Amen. We're there with him. Legally, spiritually, that's where we are. But vitally, to, to walk in that, to experience that, we have to believe that by faith, receive that by faith, and see ourselves by faith walking in that and experiencing that and have our identity in him. Amen. That's the only way that it'll happen. That's the only way that it works. We get, get saved by faith. It's by grace through faith are you saved. Amen. We live by faith, walk by faith. We please God with our faith. Amen. I know it's, 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 it's an old example, but you know, when you get born again, you don't get a, uh, a membership card to heaven. It's by faith, right? We just know by faith how he bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Amen. That's the way it works in all ears. How does he bear witness that you're rich? Or how do you know that you're rich? How do you know you have a revelation? He'll bear witness with your spirit that you're rich in Christ. Amen. That poverty has been put upon Jesus. He took your poverty. How will you know that you've been healed? Well, it'll bear witness with your spirit. Amen. You'll feed on the word of God and read in the word of God where he took our sickness and put it on Jesus. Jesus bore our sickness and disease. Amen. 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 When that registers with your spirit 
and you begin to get a revelation knowledge of that, then what happens is, and you'll begin to walk in that. Amen. It'll change the course of your actions. Glory to God. And the way you see yourself. So as a body of Christ, we have to change that. We don't have an identity crisis, right? We know who we are. Amen. We can do all things through Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, uh, I want you to turn real quick. Let's go to, uh, uh, turn over to Second Peter. I'm going to quote a couple of scriptures before we get there, but let's go to Second Peter. Second Peter in chapter one. So the body of Christ had to step up to the realization, the revelation to the true nature of our Father God. Who is God? What is his true nature? See, we, we, we've heard that. We've been taught that very well of who we are in Christ. But see, we've got to take it from a, a, a teaching or a, a knowledge and a head knowledge. We've got to get it to a heart revelation, you see, to where we walk on that level. To a, it's, it's a different level. Not by our might, not by our power, not in our strength. It's still by grace. Amen. You see what I'm saying? It's by grace. It's his ability working in us. But it's just like uh, a pastor used an example about the water on the road. They put the water meter in, which is supplied by grace, but faith lays the pipe and gets the water to the building. Amen. See, that's how we enjoy it. Yeah. So by grace, we've been made who we are in Christ. But the faith that we have and the faith that we release will cause who we are in Christ to manifest Amen. in our daily lives. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So we're to reveal who we are and who Christ is to the earth. How? By passing out samples. Just like you go to the grocery store and they're giving away a new product. And they, what do they do? They pass out samples of that product because they want you to get a taste of it. And if you get a taste like driving, test driving a car, an automobile, they want you to get in the car and they want you to smell the leather and they want you to feel that horsepower. They want you to take it for a spin, you know, and then, and then they know if they can get you in there and, and, and taste of it and sense that, then you're more than likely when you get back, it's going to make their job easier on closing the cell, right? Well, see, we're to pass out samples of who God is to the, to the, to the earth. Amen. We're to pass out samples of who God is to a world that's in an identity crisis, to a world that's gripped by fear. We're to be able to go in and take authority over a situation and walk by faith. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about being going in and, and, and sometimes it may look weird. Sometimes it may feel weird. So I'm not against being weird. But what I'm saying is in everyday life as a believer, we have the nature and the character of God in us. We can go into a situation and manifest his nature and character in that situation. Amen. See, the devil, we talked about a little bit this morning in the foyer. The devil has used deception for far too long. That's the only tool he has is deception. Deceives people to believe that they can't do what God said they can do. He deceives the body of Christ that they really don't have what God says they can have in the word. He went back to the, you know, he did it in the garden. We go back and look at it. Oh, you know, you can't really do that. You're not really this. And he deceived Adam and Eve to believe that they weren't complete already. They were already complete. They already had it everything, had everything they needed. They didn't need to become something else Amen. and do something else outside of that covenant with God. They were already complete in him. Yes. See, Amen. and that's what we are. We're already complete. So the enemy's trying to bring deception. He's trying to bring division in the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. So what we can do is we're to go into the earth. You know, the scripture tells us, I'd have to find out, you, you may know where the reference is, uh, I didn't look it up, but it, it just came to me as this, as you know, the world says that the world will know us by the love that we have for one another. Amen. 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 It didn't say that, that, that by the hate. Now, he's talking about the body of Christ. The world shall know 
that we're Christians, that we're part of the body by the love that we have and share for one another. Amen. So we can't get along. If the body of Christ can't get along, then how's the world ever going to see? You know, the world's got a bad taste in the mouth of the church now. All they know a lot of times about the church is, is, is fighting and bickering and, you know, uh, this one against that one and this one, you know, all this uh, religious rules and regulations and laws. And they've, they've come to church and they've gotten hurt and they've left church. They've, they've gone here and done that. And see, that's not a, you know, I know there's, you could take that and go a hundred different directions with it. But what my point is, is this, is that we've, we have to give an example. We can't use that as an excuse. We have to use, be an example of the true nature and the true character of God. And by the love that he has for us, the love that we have for one another, they'll see and know who God really is and what the church really is. It's not about four walls. It's not about a set of rules and regulations. It's about who God is and what he's done for that. He's done this for the world. For God so loved the world that what did he do? He gave Jesus. Amen. So that the world through him could be saved. He didn't come to condemn. He didn't come to put down. He didn't come to bring to shame, but he came to give them life and to give them life more abundantly. Amen. Amen. So that's what we're to tell. We're to tell the good news. That's simply the gospel right there. The good news. Amen. Jesus came. He died for you, regardless of how you've lived, what you did in the past, what you did today. He came and he died anyway, in advance, knowing that you would do and live the way that you've lived, knowing the way that I would do and that I would live. He loved us anyway and gave everything for us, and all we had to do is receive it as a free gift. Amen. Amen. So we have to do our job to manifest that, to be the body, to pass out samples. We are his body in this earth. Glory to God. We're not just trying to make it through the best that we can. See, we're not just trying to get through the chilly Jordan just to get to the other side. We're not just trying to press through, but we've got an assignment. See, and that's where it comes in, not just playing defense, but being on the offense. See, we came to take ground, not just hold ground, but we came, we, we came to take over. We came to take ground. Now, I know there's times where you have to regroup and refresh and pull back and play defense sometimes, but the reason you do that is so you can refresh and move forward, right? We don't stay there, but we move forward. So that's what we're to do as a body of Christ. Now, I'm going to make this statement to you, and I want you to, to get a hold of it. My impression of who God is and how I see him and what I believe about his nature determines how I receive from him and the level of benefits that I walk in. And I'm going to read it again. I know it's a long statement there, but my impression of who God is and how I see him and what I believe about his nature determines how I receive from him and the level of benefits that I walk in. Amen. Amen. I made that statement a few months ago when I ministered along these lines, and I used the example. We were out eating breakfast with a friend, and uh, we were all drinking coffee. We ordered our, our breakfast, waiting on the food to come. You know, we had our coffee there, and we were sipping and talking, fellowshipping. And uh, this gentleman, he liked sugar in his coffee. So he kept waiting for the nurse, uh, the nurse. He kept waiting for the waitress to come by. And uh, who knows, there may be nurses in disguise. He was waiting for her to come by and uh, to get her attention so he could get some sugar. And I wasn't paying attention either. All of us at the table were not really paying attention. So finally he got her attention. She comes over to the table and he's, he said, ma'am, can I please have some sugar? And she points down to the table and says, sir, there's an entire container right here on the table beside you. And he had that big shaker, you know, with a lid. It was, I mean, it was right by his coffee cup. And he was looking for the packs. He was looking for the little packs. So he had what he wanted and needed right there the whole time. It already belonged to him, but he didn't know it. See? So the thing of it is, is, is it that, yes, we're complete in Christ. The Bible tells us that. 
When you get born again, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Everything God is, he is on inside of you. But I'm telling you today, it goes for me, it goes for you, it goes for anyone in the body of Christ. The way that you perceive your God, the way that you see uh, him and believe him and about his nature, it determines 100% of what you'll receive and what you'll walk in is by your perception of him and the revelation you have of him. It belongs to us, it's there, but we may never receive it or walk in it or experience it if we don't receive that by faith and see that. Amen? Amen. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, but we have this treasure hidden in earthen vessels. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power being from God and not from ourselves. So we have what? We have a treasure where? Hidden in this earthen vessel. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Pastor Buzzy used to say in his dirt suit, in his earth suit, God Almighty, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords lives on inside of you. Amen. I remember him used to, he used to compare it. He said, where does, uh, what, what, what do you say about a 900? I think he said, where does a 900 pound gorilla sleep? Anywhere he wants to. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, glory to God. God. Our God's bigger than a 900 pound gorilla. Uh, gorilla. What did, uh, I, that just made me think of, oh, hallelujah. I just went back to the, Fred Sanford, he used to talk about uh, on answer. He said, you go, go, he called her a gorilla. That he, he wasn't born again. He, he wasn't showing the love of Christ. He wasn't manifesting the love that they had one for another, right? He said, you old gorilla. Amen. But see, when we truly begin to understand that and meditate on that. See, sometimes we don't, we don't need to read a whole chapter of the Bible. We just need to take one scripture. One scripture. We have this treasure hidden in an earthen vessel. Amen. Glory to God. Colossians 2 tells us that we've been made complete in him. Colossians 2.10. And in him, you've been made complete. You've achieved full spiritual statute through Christ. And he is the head over all rule and authority over every angelic and earthly power. The Amplified Version says you too are filled with what? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to God. So we just need to meditate on that. We just need to feed on that. We just need to simmer on that. We just need to let that cook on inside of us. Amen. Until we can get that in our thinking. Amen. It changes our thinking. It changes our outlook. It changes our words. It changes our actions. Amen. Because we're called to be an influence in this earth. Glory to God. So 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's read in verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied. Look at that. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. How does it multiply? How does it come? It comes through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So faith is produced... How? By knowledge. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You hear the word. You meditate on the word. We have, we have the measure of the God kind of faith already. There again, uh, I, use, I like to use this reference that Pastor uses, and I know Pastor Buzzy's used it. He said that really, you know, we have the God kind of faith living on inside of us already when we get born again. But when you hear the word, when you meditate upon the word, then what happens is that faith becomes ignited. It's like a barbecue grill, you know. The gas is there. If you've got a gas grill, it's there. The tank's there if you feel it. <laughs> I have had that happen where I went and I didn't. That's a good example, too. If you don't feel the tank, 
You can mash the igniter all you want, nothing will happen. But when you go to that grill and you mash that igniter and you got the gas cut on and then the gas is in there, what happens is it's ignited and it brings heat. Amen. Produces what you want, a good steak or chicken or whatever you're cooking on the grill. Grilled vegetables. We're getting healthy, you know, this is the first of the year. So maybe you're going to grill some good grilled vegetables out Amen. instead of a steak. But see, when, when, when you hear the word and when you meditate on the word, what happens is that faith becomes ignited. It, it comes alive. Amen. It's not lying dormant anymore. It's not just there or contained there, but it comes out where people can see it and where it's, where, where it's affecting the world around you, see, and we're manifesting Christ to the earth. So that faith becomes ignited when we study and when we read and when we pray and when we hear the word of God. It comes through knowledge. Amen. So let's go on and read here. Verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, there again, through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. So he's given unto us what? All things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that's called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Amen. See, God wants us to be partakers. Yes. He doesn't want us to sit on the sidelines and see things and wish that we could be into that, involved in that, wish we, we could be there. He wants us to partake. He's given, a, he's given everything and his all so that we could experience his all and everything that he is. Amen? Amen? So he gave us these things, these exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might partake of that divine nature. See, it's talking about who he is, his nature, his character, his authority, his name. Glory to God. What's contained in that name? Glory to God. Getting to know that name. Hallelujah. Amen. It's like the seven sons of Sceva. You know, they went out and they said, well, we're going we're gonna to do what we've seen the, the disciples do, the apostles do. We're going we're gonna to cast out these devils. So they attempted it. And you know what happened? They said, the Bible says that they beat the clothes off of them and whipped them. And then basically they were saying, you know, God we know, and Paul we know, but who are you? So he said, you know, they said in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. You see, that's the difference right there. It can't be the name of Jesus that pastor preaches. It can't be the name of Jesus that you heard on the tape. It can't be the name of Jesus that we've learned about or studied about, but it's got to be the name of Jesus alive and ignited on the inside of you. Amen. It's the living word. Yes. It's the rhema word that's just went from, it went from a knowledge, a head knowledge, to heart faith, and then it became alive when you spoke it. Just the way that he spoke this earth into existence. He said, light be. Amen. Amen. And he gave us an example of how we're to build our world. You know, uh, Hebrews tells us that, that we frame our world, what? With our words, with our faith. We frame our worlds by our faith and by the words that we speak. So he gave us the example. Glory to God. So our faith has to be ignited. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. By that name, that character, that authority of knowing who he is. Now go, I told you we was going to do a sword drill, so go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Everybody say, for the Lord is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hallelujah. <laughs> so if the right knowledge will produce the right kind of faith, do you know that the wrong type of knowledge will produce the wrong type of faith? 
So that's the reason it's so important what we feed on. It's the reason it's so important what we allow to come into our eyes and in our ears and, and what we allow to, to be on the radio and on the TV and what we talk about when we're fellowshipping and, and you know, just like people say, chewing the fat, you know, just hanging out, just talking or whatever. Well, what are we talking about, you know? What are we meditating? What, what, what's, what's on the forefront of our tongue and our thinking? Because whatever that is, is what we're going to walk in. Amen. So it's so important. If the wrong knowledge comes in, if we're meditating on the wrong things and if the enemy brings fear and the enemy brings doubt and the enemy brings depression. And see, if we allow those things to be on the forefront of our thinking, then that's what's going to happen is we're going to begin to, to put faith in the wrong things, the wrong knowledge, and it'll produce the wrong faith. Unbelief and fear will be eradicated when we truly understand, I mentioned this a while ago, how much he loves us. So when we truly understand the love that he has for us, the passion he has for us, Amen. that he gave his all, he gave everything, fear will be eradicated. Amen. Amen. Perfect love does what? Cast out fear. Amen. So if you ever feel, feel fear trying to come over you, just rest in his love, meditate in that love. Amen. Glory to God, for God so loved me that he gave Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Because he gave Jesus, I have everything. I'm going to rest I resist you, fear. You have no place in me. You cannot stay in me. But the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Start to meditate on that love. Amen. That great love that he has for us. Glory be to God. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Again, we're talking about the character, the authority in the name of Jesus, who he is, who we are in him. Chapter 5, verse 21. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Version. It says, For our sake he made Christ virtually to be sin, who knew no sin, that in and through him we might be endued with, viewed as being in and made examples of the righteousness of God, which we ought to be, approved and accepted in right relationship with him by what? By his goodness. By his goodness. Not by judgment, not by wrath. <laughs> We're not approved once we come through his wrath. We're not approved once we come through his judgment. He put his judgment and his wrath upon Jesus. Glory to God. We've been approved and accepted and made right in relationship with him by his goodness. So I want you to see that Jesus, who knew no sin, God made him to be sin so that we could become endued with and viewed as being and uh, righteous and right standing with God. We were made to be what? Examples. Do y'all see that if you got the Amplified Version? We were called to be what? Examples of what? The righteousness of God, that we've been approved and made right and accepted in his sight. Glory to God. See, that's the gospel. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the samples that we're to pass out. We're to tell people, hey, look, you've already been approved and made right through Christ, what Christ has done on the cross, through his death, through his burial, and through his resurrection. Amen. Well, you don't know what I've, where I've been and what I've done. Sir, I don't, but I do know this. I know where my Jesus has been. I know where my Jesus has been and I know what he's done. And because of what my Jesus has done and where my Jesus has been, he's already been to, Jesus has done more things than you could ever t tell him this. Amen. Jesus has been in places that you would never set foot. Jesus has been to places that's so bad, so vile, so dirty that you couldn't even compare it to it. Amen. Oh, Jesus? I thought he was holy. I thought he was clean and he was. But he became sin so that through his sin and what he became, we could be made right. Yes. And what I'm talking about is, see, we can even tell them Jesus went to the very pit of hell itself yeah. because that's where we deserve to go. And you can tell them that, yes, you're right. In our own righteousness, we deserve to go. In our own 
ability we deserve to go. In our own uh, merits, we, we deserve to be there. We, we've done wrong. We are wrong by nature, by our natural man and flesh, we are wrong. But see, when we get born again, glory to God. When we come over into the kingdom, glory to God. When we accept that free gift of what Jesus has done, those old things are gone. We didn't read that in verse 17, but it said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Glory to God. So we can tell them, no, I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done, but I know where my Jesus has been. And I know what my Jesus has done. And if you'll receive him as, as a free gift that he's given, see, and the good news is, is it can't be gained by works. You can't even get good enough to receive it. They said, well, you know, I just got to change. I'm on the 2021. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make these resolutions. I'm going to do this. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to go to church more. I'm going to change this. I'm going to stop. You know, people say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to smoke quite as much. I'm just going to smoke a half a pack a day. And I'm going to do that. And they think by doing that, that, that somehow they're pleasing God just a little bit more. But see, what we're talking about is, is the free gift of grace. We, it, we can't even get good enough to receive it. It doesn't matter what good things we try to do. It's not, it will never be enough, right? It's a free gift that must be received by faith. Glory to God. But see, as a body of Christ, in order for us to give that sample out, we have to believe in ourselves. Uh-oh. See, that's, an, that's another side to it there. In order for us to give that sample out to others, we have to believe that about ourselves. We have to believe that we are the righteous of God in Christ. You say, well, I missed it last week. Well, maybe you did. Get up, repent of what it was, receive that forgiveness has already been given through the blood. Amen. It's a forever cleansing. The blood is forever flowing. Amen. You know, believe, uh, uh, confess it, get rid of it and move on and believe and receive what he's given you. The forgiveness in Christ Jesus through that blood. Amen. Get rid of it. Amen. Commit not to go back. Repent and turn. But don't allow what you did to, in failure to hold you back from what Christ has us and called us to be as his body in the earth. Yes. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? That's a different level. It's a different place of comprehension of our righteousness, of who we are in Christ. Glory to God. It's having the mind of Christ. Amen. See, we've been commanded to do that, to put on Christ, to put on the mind of Christ. Renew your mind according to Christ, according to his word. Yes. See? Amen. Amen. To think like God. Hallelujah. Uh, go over to... Uh, we're going, to, we're going to take a trip back in the, in the Old Testament. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah 53. Y'all doing good? Y'all doing okay? Isaiah 53. Glory to God. I'm going to take the batteries. Zach, can you take the batteries out of that clock? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know where the time, where the time goes. Amen. The word is good. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. Now we know this is carried over into the New Testament. 2 Peter. And, uh, and also in Matthew 8, different places. Uh, we know this. It, it's, but this is the, the prophecy of things to come, of what Jesus would do one day on the cross. In Isaiah 53, uh, verse, let's see where I want to begin. Let's begin in verse 5. Isaiah 53, verse 5. I'll go on to, you can't skip verse 4. Look at verse 4. It says, Surely he hath borne our griefs. In the Hebrew, that is uh, sickness. Surely he hath borne our sickness and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. 
and with his stripes we are healed. Amen. Amen. Now I want to look at verse 10. In the Amplified Version, verse 10, it says, Yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. One translation says, uh, I believe it's, uh, I've got it in my notes right here. It's the Good News Translation. Verse, uh, no, the Young's Literal Translation, verse 10, it says, And Jehovah had delighted to bruise him, he hath made him sick. See, it delighted God to, to bruise Jesus. It delighted God the Father to make Jesus sick. Why? Because he did it for us. He was our sacrifice. He became sin. He became sickness. He who knew no sin knew no sickness. He became those things. God made him to be those things that through his suffering, through his death, through the stripes that were laid upon his back, through his broken body that didn't even resemble the, the figure of a man that we could be made whole and we could be made complete and our physical bodies could be healed. Amen. That's what he's done for us. That's how much he said. What I want you to do is I want you to get a glimpse of that great love that he has for you. He did that for you when you were yet a sinner. You hadn't changed anything. You hadn't kept the law. You can't keep the law. Amen. You didn't turn over a new leaf. You didn't start a new journey. He did this while we were yet sinners. Amen. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares for you. Uh, Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Thank God for the love that he has for us. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4. Before we read that, I want, to <clears throat> I want to make this statement again. My perception of God doesn't change God. See, how we, how we see God doesn't change anything about the Father. He's the same what? Yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I'm, I'm not a man that I should lie, right? He always keeps his word. He's always faithful. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But what I received from the finished work of Christ is determined by my concept of who my father is. It is determined by my belief and my faith and my perception of who he is and who we are in him. Do you see that? See, it doesn't change God, but it changes what we see and what we are. Now, I told you to go to Hebrews, right? Let's go uh, back up real quick. We're going to hold your place there. If you've got a marker, you can mark it in Hebrews. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16 real quick. Back up to the, to the Gospels, Matthew 16. And then we'll get back to Hebrews. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. So the measure that we receive from God, from his nature, from his character, from his goodness, from that love, it truly is determined by our perception of him. Knowing that, that knowledge that we have, the knowledge of God. Remember, what we read in, in uh, uh, Second Peter there about the knowledge of God when it comes. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, but it's what? It's through the knowledge of him, yeah. right? Yeah. It's through that knowledge, and then it's the faith that we ignite because of that knowledge that we hear, and, and we see that our faith becomes ignited, and when we walk that out, when we act on that faith, then, then we'll walk in, the, in those level of benefits. 
right? But see, we have to understand first, you, you can't have confidence in a God that you don't understand. You can't have confidence in a God that you don't really know his character. You can't have confidence in our Heavenly Father to lay hands on the sick or to step out to do something new that you've never done if you don't have a confidence in who he is and in his character, right? I think I used this example last time I ministered on this. And Keith, I, I don't remember, were you in here or was you in the children's church? I said, if you hear the name Keith Hathcock, then what do you, you know, we, we know who Keith is because we all know him. But if there was a stranger in here today and I walked up to the stranger and I said, well, Keith Hathcock. And they said, okay, I don't really know who, who is Keith. See, well, they wouldn't know anything about him because they don't know anything about his name. And in that name is character and authority. See, the nature, Amen. right? That's right? So if you hear, you know, there could be something in your childhood. I could pick something. I don't know. If you hear the name, uh, see if this will get anybody. If I say gold fever, does anybody know what that is? Gold fever. What is, now, I'm not talking about hunting for gold. But or, or, or uh, what I could say, Western, if I said Western Flyer, what, is, what, what was that? Does anybody remember that as a child? Did y'all have one, one of those wagons? They made a Western Flyer wagons? Well, see, I had one a bicycle that I got from, uh, um, I got it from uh, the place in town. I'm trying to remember the name of the hardware store in town. Western Auto. And uh, it said Gold Fever down the side. They made a whole line of it. I think it was a, it was a Huffy bike or Murray or one. I don't know what brand it was. But me and my buddy across the road, we got a matching set. You know, it had gold fever down the side of it, man. We, we, was, we was ready to go. Rode those bicycles everywhere. Put the little uh, playing cards on the spokes with a clothespin, you know, to make it sound like a muffler going along. Well, see, there's, to, to me, that makes sense because I hear it and, it and it brings back a memory of my childhood. We all have things in this room. If you heard a word, it may be a candy, it may be a place, it may be a vehicle, it may be a song. It may be a, you know, a friend's name or whatever. It brings back memories. Why? Because you attach things to, to that name. And we all have things that the people that we know, when we hear their name, we're like, right away, it's like, oh, I you know, I, I don't know about him. You know, say, so, well, I, I went down to such and such and saw so-and-so down at Walmart the other day. Well, automatically, you have things that come back about that person, right? About what? Their character, their authority, their name, about who they are, because you know them. Well, back to Brother Keith, when we think of him, we think what? Honesty, dependability, right? We know that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Amen. We know we can count on him. We know he loves God. See, we, we know something. When we hear the name, we know something about it. Well, that's the same way it is about our Heavenly Father. We, we hear the name of Jesus, but do we truly understand about how faithful he is, about his character, about uh, uh, um, his great love, his passion that he has for us? How much he desires that we walk in these truths? How much he desires that we walk on a level of benefits that Jesus paid for? But see, there's a whole world out there. When they hear the name Jesus, they've got a different mentality. It may be attached to a bad memory. We've got some family that, uh, that they don't want to have anything to do with the church because they've got a bad taste in their mouth about Jesus, about his name, about because of someone that represented God, but they made some wrong choices and decisions in their life. See? But that's the reason as, as a believer, we've got to pass out samples of who God really is. Amen. And it's all founded and based in the love of God and the love of who he is, right? Amen. Love never fails. Glory to God. So it's so important that we know and understand who God really is in us. What is contained in that name? When we use the name of Jesus, what is our confidence level in that name? Yeah. Amen. When we speak that name, when we lay hands on the sick, what, what confidence level do we have in that name? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Now, Matthew chapter 16, look at verse uh, 13. So when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say 
that I, the Son of Man, am. And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? See, he turned the question on them. He said, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And he said, well, you know, some say that you're John the Baptist, Elias, and Jeremiah, or you're just one of the prophets. But he, then he made it personal. See, he turned the question back on them. He said, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh, get this, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. See, that's the difference right there. Flesh and blood cannot reveal it to you, but it has to be the Spirit of Almighty God that lives on inside of you. When we hear the Word of God preached, when we read the Word of God, when we listen to the Word of God, it can't just be the flesh and blood that reveals it unto us, but it's got to be by the Spirit of God. And when it becomes revealed knowledge to us, and we see that, then see, it'll affect how we act. It'll affect how we walk. It'll, it'll affect our confidence level in who God really is in His name. When we stretch forth our hands to heal, we have confidence in that name. Amen. Because flesh and blood didn't reveal it, but it was revealed by the Spirit of Almighty God. It's a revelation and not just a head knowledge. Amen. Glory to God. He said, I also say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I know people have different interpretations of this, but I believe one aspect of this is what is he going to build the church on? He's going to build it on the revelation of who Jesus is. Amen. This is revealed knowledge by the Spirit of God, not by head knowledge. Right? But by revealed knowledge and revelation in the character and the authority and the name of Jesus. He is the cornerstone. Glory to God. I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom. See? What's attached to that? To that name? Keys. Glory to God. I'll give unto you the keys of the kingdom. In other words, he's saying, I'm giving you authority. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Glory to God. So he turned it around and he said, who do you say? Who do men say that I am? But then he said, who do you say? Amen. So I want to ask you that today. Who do you say Amen. that Jesus is? Amen. Who is he to you? Glory to God. Is it revealed by the Spirit? Is it a head knowledge? Is it something that we know of and heard about and had some memories of and some quotes, some scriptures of? Or is it become ignited and alive on the inside of us so that when we speak that name, when we have a position or a situation that arises that we can step out boldly knowing that he has our back, that it's not us, it's not our ability. Amen. It's the Christ, the Son of God that's living on inside of us. He does the work. He gives us the word to say. Amen. We're just the vessels. We're just the jumper cables. Amen. We're just the conduit that God wants to flow through. But we've got to stretch forth our hands. We've got to open our mouths. We've got to go. We've got to speak. We've got to be bold and obedient to that call. We've got to be bold and obedient to that still small voice when he tells us to give and to go and, and, and to minister to be that light, to be that salt, to be that influence in a world that's gone mad that, that, that needs us to come in and, and to bring stability, amen, to it. But it comes through that revelation that's revealed by the Spirit and only by the Spirit of the living God. Amen. So we got to know that God's running to us. Amen. Just like the prodigal son when he left and did all that he did. I don't have to read the story to you, you know it, but he came back just hoping he could be a servant but when he came to the house, the father was what? He was looking for him. He was watching for him, waiting for his son to return. And when he saw him, he ran to the son to meet the son. Glory to God. So God's watching and waiting for us. Glory to God. We don't need to, to plead. 
We don't need to beg, but he said to come boldly to the throne of grace that we might do what we might obtain. Glory to God. Mercy and grace and help in a time of need. Hallelujah. Let's, let's read this real quick before we close today. Go to, would I tell you Hebrews? Did you hold your place? Hebrews chapter 9. I can't close without reading it. It's so good. Hebrews chapter 9. Man, this right here alone ought to give us so much boldness. We'd swing cross hell on a, out on a limb and spit in the devil's eye and shoot him with a squirt gun. Shoot, put hell out with a squirt gun. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9. Glory to God. Verse 11. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. I've got to find it myself. Got stirred up, got to find the right verse. Verse 11 says, But Christ, being once a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having attained eternal redemption for us. Glory be to God. Jesus entered in what? Once. To the holy place. What did he do the time that he went in, the one time that he went in? He obtained eternal redemption for us. For if, if the blood of bulls and goats and of the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the, them, to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> he entered in what? Once. See, that's what we need to tell. This is good news. We need to tell people this, that the price for your wrongdoing, the price for your sin has already been paid. It's already been dealt with. It's already been laid to our account. But by faith, we have to receive it. It's by grace through faith. Amen. Amen. So this is the right standing that we have with our, with, with our Father. We're in a good place. We've obtained eternal redemption. Amen. Glory to God. We're in a good place with Father. Now, now stay in Hebrews. Let's go to uh, chapter 10. Go over one more chapter. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 1, it says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continually make the comers there too perfect. See, the law, even though it did it continually year after year, it could never make them, make them perfect. See, we can't be made perfect by the things that we do. Amen. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because, they, uh, because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Wherefore, wherefore when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure." Then said I, Lo, I come into the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God, above. When he said, Sacrifice and offering, a burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, not neither, uh, not neither hast uh, pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that thou mayest establish the second. By uh, the which will we sanc were. Uh, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. 
and every priest standeth daily ministering, offering uh, oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered once one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his en enemies may be made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Glory be to God. Amen. Glory be to God. <laughs> forever sanctified. Verse 17, and their sins and iniquities will, iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Glory to God. Uh, look at verse 19, having therefore, brethren, a boldness. Having therefore, brethren, what? A boldness to enter into the holiness, holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way that he hath consecrated us through the veil, that is to say the flesh. Let us do what? Draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Let us draw near with a true heart and a full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience by our, uh, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that is promised. Glory be to God. Yeah. Glory be to God. So that's the key to it right here, verse 22. I'm going to read in the Amplified Version. It says, Let us all come forward and draw near with honest and sincere hearts, unqualified assurance and absolute conviction, engendered by faith, by the leaning of the entire human personality on God and absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom and goodness, having our hearts sprinkled and purified from a guilty, evil conscience and our body cleansed with pure water. Glory to God. So what are we to do? We're to draw near with a, with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Amen. So that's the key to it. How do we to come to God? We're to come to God how? With boldness. Glory to God. To enter into the holiness. Holy of holies. See, we're not on the outside today looking in. We don't have time to read it, but we need to. I mean, I'm telling you, in Ephesians chapter 2, the whole chapter. You need, to take your, you need to take Ephesians 2 and at least once a week you need to stir yourself up in what Ephesians 2 says. It talks about that, that we're no longer outsiders looking in, but now we're part of the household of faith. Glory to God. We're part of the family. <laughs> he removed that middle wall of partition that was between us and he made us part of God's family. See, we're on the inside. We've got a good place with our Heavenly Father today. Amen. Amen. See, that ought to do something to your faith. That ought to do something to your boldness. That ought to do something to your joy. Glory to God. But there again, what do we do? We have to keep that in our thinking. Amen. It can't just be something that we know about or a knowledge or something we have heard. It's got to be alive and alive on the inside of us. Amen. It's got to be ignited, glory to God, and come alive on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. See, even Abraham and Sarah. You're in Hebrews, right? We're going to close with this verse right here. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Even Abraham and Sarah had a choice to make. They had to judge what? They had to judge God faithful. He had given them a promise. And we're not going to look at it, but you can go back to Genesis 17 and 18 and look at it. What happened? He told Abraham and he said, Abraham laughed about himself. He said, he said that doesn't even make sense. A man is 100 and a woman is 90 that the womb is dead and I'm past the age. He said, what, what would we even want children for? You know, but he said, that doesn't make sense to, the natural, sense to the natural mind. He began to laugh at the promise of God. He said, can't we just use 
you know, Hagar, can't we just use this other plan, Ishmael? And, and God said, no, by, the, by Sarah, you'll, you'll bear a child. That was the promise that he gave him. And you follow that over into, uh, into the New Testament. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, let's look at verse uh, 11. I think it's where I want to start. Verse 11 and 12 it says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past the age because what? She judged God faithful who had promised. Amen. Amplified says, Because of faith also herself received physical power to receive a child. How? By faith, Sarah received physical strength to conceive a child, even if she was long past the age for it, because she considered God, who has given her the promise to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. There again, what it comes back to that name. What name have we been given? We've been given a name that's above every name. What does that name represent? It represents his character, his authority, who he is, what he will do, what he has already done through Christ, and he's given it to us, and he killed the old man, made a brand new man, and put us inside of Christ. We're hid in Christ Jesus. Do you understand that? We have inherited God. We're joint heirs with, with Christ. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. We're seated in heavenly places. Glory to God. We're in the family, inside, sitting at the table, not outside looking in. Amen. Glory to God. So what are we to do? We're to judge God faithfully at what? This promised. Judge his character. Glory to God. He's reliable. He's trustworthy. He's true to his word. Amen. And that's the same way that Sarah did. I want you to notice she didn't conceive until what? She didn't conceive until she judged God faithful. Amen. 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 So we can know about God. We can know about Jesus and have a, a mental assent of who he is, but we have to judge him faithful. Amen. We have to have a revelation of who he is and judge him faithful. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Yes. You can look back at so many examples in the word of David and Goliath. See, David understood who his God was. So when he faced the giant, he didn't cower down in fear and unbelief, but no, he spoke out what? He released his faith with his words. And he said, who is that, that uncircumcised Philistine that even dares to defy the armies of the living God? He said, I'll take his head. I'm going I'm, I'm to take his head. We're going to serve it to you on a platter. Amen. 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 See, he understood something about his God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were going to be thrown into the fiery furnace, they understood who their God was. They said, we're not going to bow down. Even if you throw us in here, we're still not going to bow. But our God will deliver us. Amen. They didn't say he might. He, they said he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Amen. See, it's statements of faith. So I want to ask you these questions today. What, are, what, what type of furnace might you be facing today? You may be watching this on Facebook when it's published, and you may be facing a furnace today, something that's, that, that seems impossible. The situation may have been heated up, and you have no way to get out. It looks like nowhere to turn. Or, you, you know, what mountain are you looking at today? What giant is facing you and mocking you and, and saying names and calling you things and saying that you, you, you'll never make it through this time? This time it's over. You've gone too far. But what are we to do in those circumstances, situations? We're to rise up just like David did and use his mouth and begin to speak to the giant. Speak to the mountain. Declare our faith to the fire, to the furnace that our God has already delivered us in Christ Jesus, and I believe who I am in him, and he shall deliver me. Glory to God. I believe he already has. I receive that by faith. And then you begin to speak to that mountain, begin to speak to that furnace, begin to speak to that giant, and command it to be removed and get out of your way. Amen. Do we really know, do we really believe and know the character and the name and the authority of Jesus Christ? Amen.
So I want to leave you in the world of Facebook, and I want to leave those of you that's here today as we've heard the word with these questions. How do we judge God today? Do we judge him faithful? Do we judge his character to be true, to be faithful to his word, that he always does what he says he will do? Amen? Do we understand and believe his character and authority in that name? If we do, then what will we do? What impact will we have on this earth? Amen. He gave his all so that we could have his all, so that we could give his all to others. I'm going to say that again. He gave his all so that we could have his all, so that we could give his all to others, which is what? Jesus. Amen. So in 2021, what will we really do? If we really believe this, if we judge God faithful to his word, if we judge God faithful who has promised, amen, that he's true to his word, that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus, that we're hid in him, amen, that we truly can do all things through Christ Jesus, that we're not going out in our ability and our strength, but we're going out in the power and authority and the might of the name of Jesus, that all of the kingdom of heaven backs us up. Amen. What will we step out to do in 2021? What we step out to do, just take it into the real here and now. What will we step out to do today, Amen. this week, amen? amen, when the Holy Spirit nudges us to go and to do and to say, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Will you serve a big God? Glory to God. Yes, oh, hallelujah. He gave everything, and that's how much he loves you. Amen. He loves you so much. So don't ever allow the devil to tell you that you're not worthy. Don't ever allow the devil to tell you that you don't have what it takes because the, the, the creator of the universe, almighty God, made his residence on the side of you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. If you're watching today on Facebook, you've never made the Lord Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I'm telling you today the greatest gift you could ever receive is that salvation, that knowledge of him. All you have to do is reach out by faith and receive it today. It's a free gift. No matter where you've been or what you've done, Jesus has been to the depths of hell. He's paid that price and that penalty for you. And he loves you today. He's poured that out for you today. So I urge you and I ask you today, receive that gift and pray this prayer with me today. Just say this with your mouth. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come and to live in my heart. I believe that you died on the cross for me. That you paid the price for my penalty and my sin. And now I ask you to come live in my heart. Now I'm born again. Now I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. And I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we just want to welcome you to the body of Christ today, to the family of God. If you'll message us on our Facebook page, we can get some information into your hands that will help you grow in the knowledge of who Jesus is to you and what he has for your life. Amen. Amen. We thank you for saying that prayer and praying that prayer from your heart today. Amen. Amen. Well, you're dismissed today. Thank you for being such a good listener and pulling on the word. Amen. We love you and you are dismissed. Amen. Amen. For the peace of God. She made a transition. She just changed addresses and she's in heaven today. But I know when you have a loved one that passed that you have feelings, amen, uh, memories. And uh, sometimes that's not easy on the flesh, but uh, by, the, by the peace of God that passes all understanding, we can go to the next place, amen. We can go day to day and knowing that one day we'll be joined together with them. And she's graduated, amen. She, she, she received a reward today. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray for the family. Father, we thank you for the Burnett family. In the name of Jesus, we lift them up before you today. Father, we thank you that your peace that lives in them, Father, would manifest today in a great measure. We thank you, Lord, that the peace that passes all understanding would keep their hearts and their minds through Christ Jesus that we've talked about today, that manifested in our midst today. We thank you, Lord, that you manifest to them in such a great measure today. We thank you, Lord, for the comfort and the peace of knowing where Grandma is today. She's in heaven with Jesus, with her loved ones that's gone on before. We thank you, Lord, that we have no doubt about that. And in that promise and in that assurance, Father, we take uh, peace in knowing that we have that assurance of where she is, Father. We don't have to doubt that. But in the, the days to come, Father, in the planning and preparation, in the times that come where we miss those loved ones, Father, we thank you, Lord, that your spirit manifests in a, in a, in a way of comfort uh, to, those, to those family members, Father. We give you thanks for that and praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah.